Hey guys, Jake the Podcast Guy here, and welcome to Sunday Night Teacher Talk on Teacher Class Off Radio, where CJ Reynolds answers your questions live and in real time. You can participate in the show every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Real Rapper Reynolds YouTube channel. If you missed the live show, don't worry. Each episode is uploaded the following Monday to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can also join our Facebook group to communicate with other educators from around the world. Now, on to the episode. Oh, there it is. Are we on? Yeah, oh, on mute automatically. Magical. It's working, Jake. Welcome, everyone. Happy Mother's Day to everybody. It is, uh, I feel like Mother's Day is one of those days um, where I feel like dads didn't know what to do until last night. That's all I'm going to say right now. I feel like um, I didn't do that. I've been planned out for weeks, maybe months. Um but there were a lot of dads that were. Uh, um, th- there are a lot of dads that are uh, that were figuring out last night, last minute. So, um, and my wife told me this really wonderful thing this year. Um, do you want to explain, or would you like me to explain your words, woman? I mean, you can explain it. You have your microphone in front of you. I like that you said Mother's Day is not about getting gifts or going to dinners or doing any of that stuff. It is about not being asked questions. And being left alone, but not like in a room alone. It's just like you don't want to make anybody food and you don't want to answer all their thousands of questions. I feel like moms are like captains a lot of times, like or in some homes, right? Like at least in our home, I'll speak from from that point of view. I am the captain of the ship. I run things. I know where everything is. I do the things like Hmm. so I'm just always asked the questions right so today i was like i don't i don't want to ask answer any questions i don't want to make any decisions like Hmm. don't ask me nothing (laughs) you were the captain of the uh i feel like this is the love boat that we're on (laughs) oh you're captain stubing i mean i i'm the the grocery shopper the doer the like of our house the manager i'm the house manager um so i get asked a lot of questions good work so i just really don't want to answer questions today but i love everybody and i want to be around them yeah so yeah. that's that. Um, before we get into it, I do want to talk about real quick. Uh, what was the quote that I put up this week on Instagram? It was I re requoted somebody? I think it was Neil Strauss. Who's Neil Strauss is one of my favorite people. I you love Neil Strauss. I do. Um, he wrote that graveyard book that I keep telling you to read with the kids. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so that might make me more inclined to read it. Neil Strauss said something to the effect of. Don't work for someone you wouldn't want to become. And I thought that was so interesting. Because um, they run the ship, right? Like, like it's, you know, they're the, the captain of the ship is what your leadership should be at your school. Um, so <clears throat> this idea of looking at who you're listening to, being mindful. I also just read a quote uh, on Instagram at some point um, that said... Uh, I'm going to blank on who said it, but it was something to the effect of like, stop taking constructive criticism from people that never constructed anything. And, um, don't take advice from people who's, who you would not want to trade places with. Now, I think there are some, there's some grace there, right? I think people can learn from what they did wrong. That can speak some life into what you're doing. But, uh, yeah, being mindful of who you're taking that from. Who? What are you laughing about well, over here? Well, first of all, I, I love reading comments, and then I just giggle at some people. As Terry said, my husband had to go to the store real quick at 9.30 last night. Yeah. <laughs> he had to run out. He was just, just doing an errand. Do you know how many people I saw, like, dads and kids and stuff that were out during the day? Sorry to sidetrack us. No. Um, during the day yesterday that were, like, at the grocery store that were getting, like, a bouquet of flowers or, like, you know. No. How about the dad we saw walk out of Target yesterday? He's got two. His little girl's carrying the bag, the Target bag, because they outlawed uh, single-use plastic bags here in New Jersey, right? So she's carrying that. The little boy's walking around with something that wasn't a sword, but it was a sword to yeah. him. <laughs> And the dad's carrying flowers, and it's raining, and he's trying to get everyone to the car. And the little boy's standing in the middle of the parking lot, just swinging this sword around. <laughs> and the dad comes out of nowhere and, like, grips him up. <laughs> and it was like, you could tell, it was like, oh, he told him, get over here, you're going to get yourself killed. That's exactly what just happened. It was freaking hilarious. Oh. 
And then I just want to say also, John uh, Lopez is correcting us, said that the author of that book is Neil Gaiman. Uh, oh, N- Neil Gaiman. Gaiman. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. My bad. Oh, um, Neil Strauss did the quote, Neil Gaiman is the author of that book, yes. Yeah. And like he did Hellboy, he did a whole bunch of great he stuff. He won a Newbery Award, he said. Hmm. Yeah, he's oh. fascinating. That might be our next book. Right Lopez, now. he's it's interesting to look up about, he loves fountain pens. Um, and buys really, really high-end fountain pens and loves writing things with a certain type of pen. I think that's, it might be how he writes his books and stuff too, but, um, yeah. I just want to say a quick note to a happy Mother's Day to all those dads out there that are mothering kids too. Like, that's a thing, right? Yeah. You got some solid. There's there's some people to think keep about. There's so many, it's not just like the mom who birthed you. There's so many moms in the world that, that mother people, the teachers that, that don't have kids that mother students. Like, there's so many. So happy, happy Mother's Let's, Day to like all the versions. Yeah. Right. You guys, mothering, mothering people is is awesome. So congrats to whoever cares and mothers for people. Let, in let's their take lives. that one step further too. I just think it's important to acknowledge. I used to like that Nate did this when he was pastoring our church. Um, to people who's who have lost their moms, mm, right? Yes. Like that. Like I always kind of felt out of place because I didn't have a, I haven't had my mom died so long ago that uh, I felt like this sadness this this gray on on mother's day so um yeah sometimes it's about honoring where you come from and not like what you have right yeah. now and what those yes. people who they made you into as an individual and stuff yeah. so yeah i've been thinking about my mom a lot today all right are we so ready to go hit it lady let's go from that into well, my first question comes let's do from, some mothering uh, stephanie henry my administration tends to take the side of students parents etc rather than the teachers how do i gracefully walk through this storm yeah oof. you know i think some of it steph is like it's really thinking about things from and i say this a lot but a curiosity aspect right so sometimes i really have to look and think like did i do could i have done better did I do something wrong? Right. Like just, it's not, it's not beating myself up. It's not self blame. It is taking an honest stock of, as to like what's going on and what happened and then asking questions like going into something and not always trying to like state my case or, or get someone's approval. But it's like literally asking questions like that's curious that you would say that about me or about my practices or about how I handled something. I'm curious, like, and then ask, you know, whatever it is that's going to get you some more clarity. Um, and then knowing that, you know, depending on the leadership, um, I mean, where are they? Like, is that someone that you trust? Is that someone whose opinion even matters to you? Or is it just that they are have the title, the role of leadership, right? So I've had leaders in my life before where I've just had to go, yeah, just like, I just don't trust your opinion. I don't trust what you're saying. And then I've had other leaders that backed me 100% no matter what. Now, maybe they'd back me on the front end with a parent, but then on the back end, I was getting like, I wouldn't say reprimanded, but they are trying to help you walk through. I think good leaders don't blame. Good leaders help you grow. Good leaders help you go from, all right, if we are acknowledging this, right? And now how do we get to the next place? How do we make sure this doesn't happen again? And not just, it doesn't just not happen again because we put in some sort of preventative measures, but because we're trying to grow the teacher. Uh, so when you don't have that, I think it's trying to find that clarity from someone that has it. Someone in your life that you trust, someone that you, even if they tell you hard things, they're gonna, they're gonna, you're gonna believe them. Um, they help you really reflect. I think that it's not, it's, it's speaking to someone like that. If you don't have that in your current leadership at school, it's finding that leadership balance. I have people that I know that I go to, I call it my pain plan. It's part, it's part of my pain plan. Pain plan is like when you are going through some serious stuff, uh, who do you call? What do you do? Where do you go? Like what's, what's your, what's so that you don't just end up crushed and sad and in bed. Um, what are you doing? to work that out that has to be set up uh ahead of time so um yeah i think that that's important i mean because look if we don't go to someone that's really going to tell us how it is then we're going to go to someone that is going to tell us what we want to hear and that doesn't help us grow you know it's it's not sometimes 
look like chose one of my people that i feel like if i'm going through some serious stuff like i can call her or fatima um they don't always tell me what i want to hear but sometimes they but they do know how to be loving in that and help me grow too yeah so all right our next question comes from laura um thank you laura so much um I appreciate it. Uh, so she's asking, I have two dear colleagues that are retiring this year over 60 years collective experience. Love it. How to best, how best to honor them other than the typical, you know, quote unquote retirement party. What would you want if, if it were you just want to make it a special, special and memorable. I, this is such a great question. How just, that's a really sweet thing to even think about. Um, I think there's two ways you could do this. One's probably easier. I, I ran, I was in the food store the other day, just picking up some stuff. And this man looks at me and uh, he's like looking at me for a long time. I'm like, what the hell's going on, bro? Like this is a dude looking at me for it. And he goes, excuse me, what's your name? And I'm like, some rando dude walking up to you in the food store asking what your name is. Uh, so he said, come again. And he goes, are you Mr. Reynolds? And I said, and then I immediately saw, I noticed him. Oh, Mr. Reynolds. And then went on and on and on about my class and how he had been hanging with some old friends lately and how he's married now with two kids, but they were sitting there talking and um, talking about high school. And he goes, you know, he goes in ninth grade, you gave me an F cause I cheated on the Shakespeare <laughs> final. And I, and I looked right at him. I said, and I would do it again, bro. Um, but it was, <clears throat> His stories, some of which I had forgotten about things that I did, something that I said, you know, stuff, you say so much stuff to so many kids, you can't hold on to all of it. But I think what would be cool is if, what if you could get a handful of old, it doesn't even have to be a ton, a handful of old students to send in a video, hey, take your iPhone, uh, to smartphone, point it at yourself, um, what's something that you, what's something this teacher meant to you? What's something that... Uh, they said to you once what's something that maybe like was funny that they might have forgotten about that like you hold on to right not 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 thinking that they obviously remember this but you know to look back on a career and see now grown-ups remember who you are what you did what you said that you you had a hand in helping them to direct their lives right like we, we can't direct kids lives you can't make them do anything but we can um, you know, we can, we can help them find direction, uh, so that they can go and do the work to become the best version of themselves. And so I, I think that that would be really fun. You know, so obviously you could do this in person also, but that might be more difficult, especially wherever people are in the world. But to ask someone to turn on their phone for 30 to 60 seconds and give, say something, I think that that, that would move me enormously to have something done. I think like it's that. a harder thing to do to try and track down adults that were former students, but man, if you can even do that with one to two students, like if you're able to, I think that's the most impactful thing because that's why everybody gets into the job and that's what they're going to miss most yeah. when they leave is the kids. So something around that um, I think is really impactful. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right, or um, just spray paint some shit gold and give it to them. That's the other thing. I love doing that. The weirder the better for somebody. Yeah. Um, okay. Our next question comes from Chris. He's asking, how do I have the hard conversation with students that want to do something that is just not possible? One of my students wants to be a nurse, but reads on a second grade level. Chris, I... Hmm. I'm going to say this. I think... Sometimes it's letting kids figure that out on their own. It's doing the work. It's helping them push. It's helping them to grow. And then letting them get to the place where they are going to come to that realization, right? And that's going to do a couple of things. One, it shows them, man, in retrospect, Mr. Carson knew I was on second grade read level. He knew I probably couldn't do this. He never gave up on me. He still did it. He still like helped me like make the moves and make the decisions and and things like that and the other thing is really reverse engineering i've talked about this at, at length I, i'm pretty sure we're like i will take the goal take what take the goal that a kid has 
you then reverse engineer what does it mean to get there so when i have kids that are like four foot two um that want to be in the nfl and i'm like i don't know unless you're running through people's legs like i don't know or you're the football i don't know how we get that get you there um but it's just not it's not it's not me telling them they can't it's like uh, that that's what you want to do great so let's look at the things that you need to do to be in the nfl like so like look let's look at the percentages let's look at the people that are out there that you're gonna have to beat um let's look at the minimums for like how fast you need to be able to run like what you should be able to lift like what, what your ability should be and then how do we scale to get you there because i don't think that it's always the thing like so look some people are just young like kids are young they don't know what they want to do i had no no sense that i wanted to be an educator when i was in high school even in college i had no freak i had to go back when I, I like i figured it out later um but it is i think the one of the things we're doing for young people is teaching them to have to get some vision to have a very clear path this is anything in your life right you have to have the vision you have to know what you want to do then you have to have so much unbelievable clarity around how to get there so no matter what you want to do in college right if you start like i'm going to go to college um and i'm taking classes no you have to have clarity what kind of classes do you want to take like like you have so getting kids to get extreme clarity that's such a strong um what am i thinking of not it's not a gift i'm sorry i'm not really talking to you i see that you're doing something um <coughs> it is it is a tool that we can teach young people um and then look all that they're doing is just cross training right they might get somewhere and go no, i don't want to be a nurse i actually want to be a cna i actually want to do this instead i found this on my way to doing this like i thought i wanted to be a drummer and i did that for a while um did, like played in bands played in, playing on records for different people like played for my, my own band played on other people's like studio sessions and stuff like that then i thought i wanted to be a monk um then i thought and i spent some time in a monastery and thought i wanted to do that but somebody somebody ruined that idea because <laughs> you can't be married and be a monk so um then i thought i wanted to be a clown in third world countries right like none of this was leading to teaching um, and, and they were all things that every single idea made my family even more nervous. Um, but, but I had, when I wanted to be a, a, a clown, one of the things I'll say about my wife is she, she bought me stuff. Like I got, like, she was like, here, you need like these balloons to make the animals and you need this. Here's, here's a clown nose for Christmas. And here's like, you need to learn how to juggle. Here's yeah, beginning juggling balls. Yeah. So like, here's all the stuff. And I bought you the program and it was like. And do I do any of that now? No. Um, you know, but I still act like a jackass. But like um, I what it did was it was the support feature for me. And that was everything. And look, to be honest, Chris, like if a kid wants it bad enough and they get to the certain age and they get a sense of clarity and a sense of determination, like who knows what they can do, man? Like they just... Like, we don't want to limit kids even when they have crazy ideas of doing things where, like, I have kids that are like, no, I'm going to be a neurologist. And I'm like, bro, I don't, I don't see that in your future, but awesome. Neurologist, why? What's your why behind it? What do you want to do? Like, because a lot of times kids, I like when kids just go, because they make a lot of money. Bro, you want to be a neurologist? Like, I don't think that's a job you do because you're making bread. There's a, there's a, there's a thousand (laughs) other things you can do to make neurologists money that don't require you to be a neurologist and go to school for eight years like so yeah that would be my answer uh john is chiming in with the jokes and asking do you have the oversized shoes and the tiny car that seats 20 people you do have oversized ears john you're talking to a man that has a whole thing of tiny hands next to him. <laughs> this is uh i never got the shoes they were expensive uh but I didn't want to be like a clown in the circus. I wanted to be a clown like Patch Adams. I wanted to go to like developing countries, war-torn countries, and show up and love people. That was my whole, and make them smile. <laughs> Very funny. Okay. Um, our next question comes from Keely, uh, asking advice for making slash maintaining friends, teacher or not, in the busyness of the beginning of a teacher teaching career. Such a and great question. I just got really excited about that one. Um, I, I don't know why I just had a whole tantrum there, but <laughs> you're excited. I do. I love this question because here's the thing. 
Keely, is you're asking such a good question that's so important that most people don't think about, right? Your life. There needs to be, look, I'm not, there. we could have a whole conversation on work-life balance, right? The thing that has to do with work-life balance is what are you doing? In the interim of when you're not working, that is making you a better person, that is feeding your soul, that is giving you joy, that is giving you rest from things that's in not just, and I'm not just into rest, I'm into reinvigoration, things that are like going to pump you up, that there are things I do in my life that are just do it because I'm not getting any money from it. I just do it because it's fun um, and, and it makes me want it, it, like then when I go back to school, I'm not just like, I wasn't just doing lesson plans all weekend. I was kicking it with my friends and having fun and laughing. And it was very, very intentional. So, um, I think one, it's the Jim Rohn quote. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You can hope people are going to be better. Right. But look, I've had friends that were friends my whole, like damn near my whole life. Like people from my teenage years, people from earlier than that, that I hung out with. And sometimes you just hang out with people because you've hang out with people. Yeah, I'm just I'm friends with them because you know I know they're like that. I know they're kind of like a bummer. I know it's kind of like hanging with Eeyore. But we've been friends our whole lives. Um, that's a terrible reason to hang out with someone. Yeah, you want to know people. I I think there's value to knowing people that knew you when you were young. I'm only I only hang out with people that give me energy. Doesn't mean someone can't have a bad day. Doesn't mean someone can't go through a fit of depression and come to you and cry with you and, and you're helping them work it out. I don't want people that live there though, right? And I'm not trying to be exclusive here. I'm not trying to cut people out. And like, I realize some people are going through some stuff. It's really, really hard. I have friends that like really, really suffered with them. I'll, I'll say this. One of my homies that I hang out with the most struggles with with serious depression. Um, And... My, my man, like he self-medicates, like he's like, he's like, life is not always jolly with him, right? Um, he really struggles and, and he suffers with uh, what he refers to as the gray. Um, but when we hang out, it's just great. It's just great every time. And we just all the whole time. We, I mean, sometimes we talk about serious stuff like that, that either one of us is going through. But like for the most part, we just laugh. Like we know, we know we're a vac- We know each other is a vacation from regular life. And so we hang out and we laugh and we tell stories and we listen to music and we just talk about like regular stuff. And it's just so, it's just so life. Every time I leave them, I'm just like, it's the best man. Um, and so I just love that so much. So it's being mindful of who you're hanging out with and then it's putting it on the calendar, right? So I'll tell you, here's, here's how I get things done. One of my new things is and this isn't a friendship thing, but I'll talk to the friendship thing in one second, and then I'll be done with this little rant within the next ninety seconds. Because um, I see you're waiting with the questions over here. Uh, one, I started doing this practice in the morning, um, so I'm real into habit stacking. Right, you do something, then you stack another habit on top of another habit on top of another habit on top of it. You keep getting better and better. So I already have like my morning prayer time and and gratitude time and meditation time and things like that. But I wanted people to know I feel grateful for them. So one of the things I started doing is I've been texting three people every morning, Monday through Friday, don't do it on the weekends, and just saying, hey, I'm doing this new practice, and I really want to uh, just tell you that I appreciate you, and this is a thing about you that I appreciate. So I've been just texting like seemingly random people all week, right? Some of you might get a text from me this week that says like, you know, I appreciate you. So that, but I have to put it on the calendar. I have to attach it to something. It's already, now it is a part of my morning routine that I do. Same thing happens on date nights. Sometimes date nights are just us. Sometimes date nights are, here's a friend. We haven't seen them in a long time. Well, we have this time built in now. Every Friday night, we hang out with people, right? On Wednesdays, I go to my pal's bar in South Philadelphia right after school, and I hang out. That is a time where I can invite people into it. So I'm already carving out the time. Then it's like, yo, I'm just trying to hang out with good people twice a week. So, hey, on Wednesdays after school, um, I go to this bar. If you want to come with me, great. Um, If not... Do you and your husband or wife or boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, uh, want to hang out with us? We go out on Friday nights and it's like just an adult time that we're hanging out and like talking and being happy. So it's carving out the time and then inviting people into your awesome. I think that's the move. Yeah. All right, buddy. All right. Our next question comes from Marcel. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, any advice on teaching a longer novel? I I'm about to start Michael something praise, which is almost 400 pages. Oh my goodness, my students are intimidated at, at that length. All right, so love it. Um, one, you got to chunk it down. So you you figure out how many weeks you're going to do this, and then chunk down the chapters, the pages, whatever it is that you're doing. Then I go into everything the same way. Guys, all we got to do, look, this is so great, man. All right, today we're only reading uh, 25 pages. That's what we're going to do today. Um, and and that's a good thing. I think that, you know, it, it is, it is, how, how do we, gosh, we referred to this before something else. But it's like, it's essentially rigging the game to win. But the way you do that is by taking something, and this is a great lesson for your students in general, taking something that seems enormous, taking something that seems overwhelming, to see that seems like you just can't do it. This, this is, oh my gosh, 400 pages. Um, and doing it in such a way where first we're breaking it down into bite-sized chunks, right? So now this is something you don't eat a you don't eat a steak or here in Philly you, don't, you wouldn't get a cheesesteak and shove the whole thing in your mouth, right? Especially if you go somewhere that has massive cheesesteaks. Um, you got to look at that thing and it's a bite, it's a bite, it's a bite. The other thing that makes you want to eat a cheesesteak is it's actually good, right? So you have to sell kids on oh, I'm so pumped to read this book, man. Oh my gosh. This is basically 400 pages of awesome. This is going to be so great. And why you see, let me just give you a snippet, right? The way we get to go see movies, the way we get excited about going, I saw Dr. Strange on Thursday at 4.30, left school early to go do it. Um, But uh, the reason I went is because the commercials are so great, man. There's been all this anticipation build up around it, right? It makes me want to dip out of school early and go see a movie and not go to the English department meeting. Which could have been an email anyway. But um, so it is, how are we getting kids excited? So even when you chunk it up, you want to look at how you're reading, where you're reading, and have something interesting or something that's going to get kids excited for the next time you read. So we're going to end right there. Oh, man, end right there. Bro, let me just tell you guys right now. You aren't even going to believe what happens next. Like, I'm not saying someone, I'm not saying someone dies. I'm not saying someone get breaks up. I'm not saying there's a little love triangle that's going on. I'm not saying that, but might, might, might happen tomorrow. We'll have to see. All right. And so when I do that, when we're reading, I leave it so that it ends right at like, I try and time it as close to the bell as possible. Cause there's nothing better as a teacher than getting to the bell, the bell rings. And it's like, you know, the thing is about to happen. Someone's about to jump out. Something's about to be revealed. Some crazy stuff's about to go down. Bam, done. Bell rings. All right, y'all. See you tomorrow. We'll have to see what happens next. No, Reynolds, come on. Let's just do it for five, ten more minutes. It is the best. And so it's being strategic in where you're leaving off. Also, the other thing is getting kids connected to the story in some way, shape, or form. Their life has to connect. They have to care about the character, right? The reason we care about characters in books is because their life in some way, shape, or form mirrors ours. And so are they doing something that we wish we could do? Are they going through something that we've been through? Have we felt heartache? Have we felt excitement? Have we felt terror, betrayal, something? Those sort of things are going to help kids to connect to a character in the book too. So when we read Lord of the Flies, we're doing it right now. Certain kids connect with certain characters and that's great. That's exactly what you want them to do um, to decide what group would I go with? Would I listen to Piggy? Would I tell Piggy to shut up? Am I Piggy? Like, though, that's what you want kids to do because then it, the book takes on a life of its own after that. So that's like my top three things. Our next question is coming from Jake asking, how can first year teachers be good team players while avoiding taking on too much and getting burned out? That's a great question. So that's a great question. And I think, um, look, I, Jake, I'm a huge believer in this sixth sense um, that we call intuition. It is knowing in your gut whether or not you should be doing something. And Derek Sivers, I've talked about this quote a lot, has this really great quote where he says, when I'm asked to do something, my answer is either hell yes or no. And so um, in large part, I think, look, there's going to be things that I do in school that I don't really want to do. I did it last week where I had to cover two classes in one week. And usually my rule is one class a week that I will cover. Um, but there were a lot of teachers out and the person I was helping um, I just felt like I, I should help them out. Um, that being said, uh, it's, you know, in your first year, no one, look, 
even your school probably expects on some level, right? Even if they're wonderful, that you're like going to be better at your job than you are. And the fact of the matter is, is that we're just not always like we're not always there. So it's like takes it's not just learning how to teach. It's not just getting all the things done. It's taking care of yourself and making sure that you're a priority, making sure that you're coming in with really great lessons. You're coming in with meaningful experiences for your students. And so that sort of thing takes time to to do, to cultivate. You're not pulling all these like I could literally someone could tell me on the way like in the morning you're going to teach this. And by the time I drive to school in that 20 minute period, I got a whole lesson in my head. Like I know exactly what I'm going to do because I have a bag of tricks. I have tools in the toolbox to pull from. When you're starting out, you don't have as many of that. You don't have as much experience to draw on. You need time to do that. You need time to think and be creative and imagine and dream and things like that. So, um, so you need that time create that time for yourself. And if there's you're doing too much and you don't have that time for yourself, then just don't do it. You're not going to get fired for not being a willing participant in every single thing that the school needs you to do. There's too much work to do all the time at school anyway. Even if you're at the best school, there's too many things that need to be done. So it's feel getting that feeling, going by that feeling of like am I doing too much? The other thing you could do is get a trusted advisor a friend, a family member, someone that you know, that you trust, that like for me, it's my wife. Je- my wife does such a great job of going, don't do that. Because I'll someone will ask me to do something. I'm like, oh yeah, it's like a Friday. I'm like, oh, I'll have it to you by tomorrow. And she's like, no, you won't. We have this six other things to do. Um, you'll have it done in two weeks. And I'm like, two weeks? Dude, I can't tell them two weeks. You're going to tell them two weeks because that's because we have this coming up and this coming up and this coming up and you do this and then you have to think about this and you're going to feel this way and um, sometimes it's really great to bounce it off someone that just knows you better than you know yourself. Um, and I think that takes a level of maturity to get to because some folks would look at my life and it's like, um, I don't know. I don't want people to think that like my wife runs my life, but I just trust her a lot. Like she just knows me better than I know myself sometimes. Well, and that's the difference. And, and nobody would know that looking on the outside. It might look one way to, to other folks, but... People not trying to Yoko own on me, you know what I mean? No, I don't. You make your own decisions. I just, you're not very good at old, I don't know, organizing time. I just have to do that one. Yeah, little bit. but I think we, I think we do that for we one another. We each other really well. Yeah, and yeah. we like that. That's the relationship that we've built for us. Um, okay, next question is coming from Blair Black. Uh, question this is a two-parter. Got it. Um, freshman teacher here in the middle of AP exam slash state testing slash final preps. It's the um, most. <laughs> Wonderful time. Oh, well, listen to this. We had an attempted suicide. Oh, all right. Not one of mine. About two weeks ago on campus. And a teacher-student altercation this past week. How do you learn to stay in your lane in such a high-stakes environment? Um, So, first of all, can we just acknowledge the fact that I was singing songs right before you dropped that? knowledge on me but right but what you're saying yeah. is truthful though it is it is clearly it is stressful it is so how do we keep going and how do we I, when, when you say st- so when i think stay in your lane i think like how do we stay on target what's what's my mission what's my assignment and how do i keep going i think one blair is knowing that um you're not the only one that's working there. Sometimes it can feel like it. Sometimes it feels like we're the only one that freaking does a damn thing in the whole school, but it's just not the truth. Um, you just don't know what other people are doing when they're in their classrooms with the door closed. You don't know how they're helping kids navigating things. So I think it's that piece where we always talk about teaching is a communal activity. And so, but that has to be intentional. It can't just be accidental. You can't just hope other people are doing stuff. So it's about creating that small group, um, in your school of people that you really get down with, people that you really connect with, people whose advice you trust, people that who trust your advice, people that you go to to dream, to share ideas, to work through things, to share your hard days and your good days. When you have that that connection piece, um, then you even if you know whether it's the stress of a general year, whether it's an attempted suicide or a suicide or 
you know, the altercation or a kid getting arrested or something, something coming out, like you found out a kid was going through something really, really horrible and, and damaging at home. Um, you have your people to share with, right? Just that, that piece, getting it out is really, really important and, and really healing. Having people to strategize with, to think, okay, what can we do? What do we do for the other students? The kids all know about this attempted suicide. How are we going to talk about this? Um, how are we going to address this in our classrooms? How can we support this student? How can we look out for other kids that might be feeling the same way, that this might be a trigger for them? It is strategy, having the people to strategize with too. And I think there's not always, we can't always do something about every single thing that happens. But what we can do is learn something from every single thing that happens and then put things in place for next time, right? Like when I've had kids that were caught up in the streets, kids that have gotten shot, kids that have gotten arrested, um, I can't always do something about that, right? And I wasn't the person to begin with. But what I can do is say, who else might be going through this? Yo, we got to do a better job. We have to work together. Um, and it's not always working together. Look, here's here's what it is. It's not always fixing the problems. It's being a support, not a fixer, right? So I naturally, like, na- I don't know if it's naturally or not. I'm probably just my crazy childhood, but like, I'm a fixer. I want to fix every single problem. Someone's having a bad day. I want to make you happy. Someone has a hard life. I'm going to make your life better. It's just who I am. It's just what I do. But what I learned is that I can't fix everything. Plus, if I fixed everything, I'm not teaching anyone to go through hardship anyway, right? But what I can do is be a supporter. And that looks much, much different. It is showing up in like whenever I've had a kid um, I had this young man that was killed several years ago. Uh, Jason Patton was one of my, he was just a wonderful, wonderful boy. And, um, I remember we got the phone call. He got shot trying to, his sister was in an abusive relationship, showed up at her house on Thanksgiving boyfriend shot him when he was trying to save his sister and get her out of the house. Um, and he died. Um, when I got that phone call, my immediate thought was, what do we need to, sh- how do we need to show up for the boys tomorrow? Uh, and not in a fixing way. It was like, how do we, like, let's all, we need, all need to get on a phone call right now. How are we showing up for kids tomorrow? And that, it, I think that's the move. It is show, it's trying to figure out how can we show up and be a part of a team, be a part of the, be a part of uh, the support system. And we're going to care kids through this, this thing. I think that's, that's the move to me. I'm really sorry that that's happening too. Like th- those things, they never get, I won't say they would never get easier. You deal, you learn to deal with things in a different way. I've had a lot of boys that I've lost over the years, a lot of kids I've lost over the years. Um, and you do build up this sort of like, it's a palace. It's a, it's armor almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and for good or for bad, I think it's both. Uh, but I do believe, you know, for me, I think that God gives us unique abilities to like be able to keep showing up again and again and again, but we have to know how to do that the best way we can. All right, our next question is coming from our friend Steph Shook. She's asking, how do you handle being a good, being a teacher and having a teenager in an <coughs> IV program who refuses to do work, so she's failing? I feel like a failure as a teacher and a parent these past two years. Um, Steph, are you saying that you're a teacher and your kids don't have straight A's and aren't the best kids in the world? I mean... Or, like, I don't know. I think that those things don't match up. Uh, Here's why. It's about... So, I'm going to put this information out there. Our boy in sixth grade was on a second grade reading level, right? I teach English, Mm -hmm. right? But I don't teach my kid, Steph. I don't, don't, he's not, he's not like, and I don't know how to teach people to read. I teach ninth grade. I teach like. You teach literature. Yeah. Yeah. I don't teach people. Like I'm teaching people what to do with the reading once they know how to read. I don't know how to teach someone how to read. Um, And I mean, we have some other extenuating circumstances. Like my boy is dyslexic. I don't know the first thing about being dyslexic. Like, well, I mean, I never, I didn't grow up knowing about dyslexia or knowing about my own learning disabilities and things of that nature. Um, 
but I don't know how to teach someone. That's a whole thing to learn how to teach someone with, with dyslexia. <clears throat> I think what we do, Steph, in those moments is how, oh, man, there's a lot to say about this. I'm trying to make it succinct and, and concise. That's one of the hard things about doing this is like, it's like on the jump, like, all right, here's the thing. What are we going to do about it? Where I would start, Steph, is is my guess is your child failing school has very little to do with your child uh, and their ability to learn. There's something else going on there. And here's what I'm learning in my life. This is something that is really, re is like shows up again and again and again and again and again in what I'm reading, what I'm listening to, what I'm watching right now. And that is that my life, the joy, the success, everything that happens in my life, my success in anything does not have as much to do with other people, with institutions, with, with, with how they roll as much as it does me. So how do I become a better person, right? How do I become the best version of myself? And I'm always, <clears throat> that will never end, right? Uh, one of my kind of new mentors, this guy, Myron Golden, says, um, he says, you have to be a becomer. So you are always becoming, you're always growing and changing and, and becoming this next version of yourself. So I think you look at the situation as it is now, and it's how do you become the kind of parent that can handle that, that can help your child, that can be, you know, do what you're doing in school. There's ways, right? It's whether it's therapy or exercise or meditation or, you know, taking a class or a course or a workshop and how to get better. But what you start doing is you identify the situation for what it is. Don't make it worse than it is, but don't make it less than it is either. Be Try and get real clear on what the problem or, or the situation is. And then start looking for answers to that. And that can be overwhelming, but small shifts create motivation and or, or momentum. And then you start growing in that. And so I think it's also trying to get your daughter to understand who she is, what she's about. And then whether maybe that's tutoring, maybe that's um, like, maybe that's therapy for her. Maybe that's her, you know, growing into that too. But I think that that's what I'm thinking. I keep seeing your hand go up. Well, yes. She uh, other, Mrs. Reynolds. She, Cause she put other things in here. I Got just it. Give you she said, <clears throat> um, she feels like she's smart, but she's lazy and procrastinates. She doesn't know how to ask for help in the moment. So she's, that's a, an issue, right? She's struggling with. Um, I think it's helping her understand what she needs, as like you said, <clears> as a human. But I think it's understanding to put, if procrastination is the issue, it's like you have to put, you have to teach her how to like chunk the problem down. And But really, it only comes down to her being able to do the work or her wanting to do the work, either she is or she isn't. I one thing I will say with like a teenager and being in the house with, with them and, and 24 seven and trying to teach just life and school and all the things we're constantly teaching around here. And I think my son in particular can get a little overwhelmed by that. And he feels like I'm, I'm picking on him um, sometimes. And I have to remind him that what my job is like, I remind him that my job is to help you navigate the things that you don't know how to navigate. And it's to help you, um, find solutions that work for problems and all these different things. We are, the, we are our children's teachers. We're supposed to be sharing our own wisdom with our children to help mold and impact them. And so when he's really refusing to do that, I don't even know if I told you I do this recently, I go, that's fine. I go, you want to learn? I go, you want to learn through hard, school hard knocks. I was like, you don't want to take my wisdom and advice that I have to share with you? Like, then that's fine. And I think at some point it does have to translate to a willingness on the child's part. And when they're unwilling, it's reminding them like, this is my job, but if you don't want my help, then I can't help you. And then you have to do it yourself. You're going to learn through your own decisions and examples. And it's, it's a school of hard knocks. You're learning through your own um, struggles and outcomes of whatever they may be. So if, if failure is a part of that, that's going to be what she just needs to learn, like any child, right? We all need to learn about failure at some point. Um, I know that she said that she was concerned about it affecting, like, their high school GPA and potentially her daughter not wanting to go to college and that sort of stuff. I just think 
maybe it's asking your daughter like what she wants if that's not the right school for her it's the laziness and procrastination comes out of somewhere i mean i'm that's me i'm inherently like lazy and a procrastinator naturally but when i really can sit down and get clarity to what i want it helps um I like that you tell jokes in the middle of me saying something. I, I was completely like, gloss over. I was w- I was hoping you I would know. laugh because otherwise it just sounded like I was being. I know. A jerk. I, I hear you. I just gloss over you. Ah. Um, but yeah, so th- I would. I hope that helps on some Listen, level. Listen, you're saying no. You're saying a lot of good stuff there, and j- just to piggyback on that real quick, the idea of you said we are our children's teacher, right? Mm-hmm. Which just reinforces the idea that you need to be pouring into you. You yeah. can only give what you got, right? So when we're stuck and we don't know what to do, we can't. Like we have to, we have to learn. We yeah, have to I'll do the I thing, a, right? I have my own scenario that I'm doing that now. There is, and I'm not yeah. gonna put my own stuff out there, but there is something that I am dealing with in my life that my daughter is dealing with that I see that I'm like, we're both dealing with the same thing, and I'm like, I gotta get this under control for me because I gotta teach her how to do it. Yeah, because I am the teacher. Yeah, like, we are our te- children's teacher. The other thing is when you tell kids that you're going to just like they can just go and learn from the school of hard knocks it's always one of the things that's important to do is to do that with grace and to do that with kindness and love you don't want kids to think that you're giving up on them no because i remind them like hey i have all this stuff to offer but like you're just not you don't and when you're ready yep show up right it's the old like uh when the student is ready the teacher will appear um it's giving kids that like knowing that because look also when you're a teenager, and to, I'll keep this really quick. When you're a te- teenager, you are you're becoming who you're going to be next, right? You're not um, you're not a baby anymore. You're not a little kid. Your parents don't dress you all the time. You're listening to the music you want to listen to, and your style's changing. Your brain is changing. Your body's developing. You're going through puberty. There's all this stuff, right, that you do not have the tools to know how to deal with, and so. We are in ways we are. I think that the answer for all of that is love. It is just love and support. And knowing that, Steph, if you and your husband truly love your daughter, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Like if her GPA gets a little jacked, if she doesn't get into the college of her choice, if she doesn't even decide if, you know, I took off the first year of high school. You know, I did. I worked at a gas station. Right? How proud were my parents? Um, I had a great time, by the way. I had a freaking great time working at that gas station. But um, it is, I just, but when I was ready, I felt like I had people in place that were going to support me in the next things that I wanted to do. So sometimes it is learning through failure, learning through hardship. Um, but that's such a great, we look at that as a lesson, right? You, you're you growing and changing. Now I have a life. I had tons of kids I went to high school with that went right to college, did all the regular things, right? And they're miserable now, right? My life has been a freaking roller coaster. A weird path. <laughs> I wouldn't trade it with anybody. Yeah. Um, best of luck, Steph. Um, I do want to, we're going to go back to uh, Blair Black's uh, question. Sure. Because I feel like they, they left a comment in here. It says, they're, when they're talking about staying in their lane, they're asking, I mean, like, how do you not ask questions that may seem too prying or invasive to parents or an admin and point towards um, corrective actions, I guess? So I think you have to be careful when talking to parents. Um, but I I think of it like this, Blair. I ask questions because I'm curious for the child's sake, right? I tell people all the time in school, I love gossip. I love it. I don't like drama, but I like gossip. Gossip is the weather report. Gossip is knowing that when I'm driving down a road and they have like the rocks falling thing, it's like I'm trying to inform myself so I can make good decisions, stay safe and take care of people, like help take care of people and support people that I can because I know what's going on. Gossip is knowing, oh, that they broke up. Oh, snap. All right. So I need to be mindful of that one. My man comes into the classroom or she comes into the classroom so I can help like be a certain be a supportive presence for them. So it is um, I will like uh, ask parents, admin, other teachers on the front end and say, look, I'm going to ask you this question. There's you are not obligated to answer me, but know that I'm just trying to find I'm just trying to inform myself so that I can show up and be the and and 
be the best version of myself for your kid. Your kid's education is the only thing I care about. It is the biggest priority that I have in school, right? It's not being cool. It's not being the best. It's not getting good observations. None of that stuff. I want kids to feel supported, loved, cared for, and like they're getting educated. Um, and so when I to do that, um, being being informed on who your kid is and what they're going through is important to me. So that's where I come at that from. And so when you're asking, remember, even if it's just in your head, you need to know that what I'm doing right now is for kids, right? And when we do that, it's, can I always do something for myself? No, but can I do something for my kids? Yep. Like even when you're sick, think about like you have the worst flu ever, you got COVID, whatever, you're sick, you're dying in bed and um, you feel like you're dying and you even have to go to the bathroom or get a drink of water. You're just like, nope. But like, if your kid was like, mom, I need help with something. Oh, all right. I'm going to get, I'm about to get up. And, you know, I feel like I'm like five minutes from, uh, you know, Death. you know, <laughs> perishing here. But, uh, you know, you will do things for your kids that you can't do. That's what you're doing in that moment. Go ahead, buddy. Um, our next question is coming from, I think this is teacher Hala. Am I saying that right? I don't know. If I, I don't know. We don't do vowels. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. We, when you here, when you're you know? dyslexic, the vowels are just woo. All right. We're so I apologize, but Okay. He says, Mr. Reynolds, how would you deal with the unmotivated students who constantly underestimate themselves? Uh by the way, you're killing the craft, sir. Thank you very much. Um so constantly underestimate themselves. Uh I mean there's a lot of different ways you could do this. Helping students that struggle with, look, unmotivated kids are kids that don't believe in themselves, right? Or they think, you know, and and sometimes they'll be like, nah, I don't, this doesn't matter. I got, like, they act like they're above it. They act like they can do it. They act, I could do it if I wanted to. I just don't want to. And maybe, look, man, maybe it is nonsense. Sometimes school just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It doesn't look on the front end like this is actually worth something. Um, And they might have teachers that, you know, they, they don't really inspire a whole lot of, uh, of, of, you know, for, they don't give you the, the motivation, the inspiration that this is actually worth something. They say, do this because I told you to, right? This is going to be on the test. That's why we're learning it. You're going to have to know this next year. You have to know this in college. Um, and that's not a real motivating thing to get kids to do stuff. So I, you know, when I'm talking to, kids it's always about me building up the kid me helping kids to see uh, or my community right sometimes we do this in tandem to get to understand that they're worth something to understand that like that you have potential and i can sit here and tell you that or i can show you that um but then it's some of that is letting go you have to make the decision to do the thing you want to do to become the person you want to become. I can't do that for you, right? The gym is right down the corner from the street from my house. It's like just sitting there. The lights are on. They put the music on for me every day. Every day they wipe down the treadmill and they have all the machines. They make sure they're all in working order. And they even, they even charge me without me having to send a check every month. They just take that money from me. No problem. Because we got it for you, Reynolds. It's all right. The locker room is there. Right. But if I don't show up, ain't nothing getting better. Right. So they could call me. They could make they make commercials for me. They put them on TV to motivate me to come back. They send me text messages and emails that they got something new and we redeveloped. We even redesigned this whole section that, like just for you, Mr. Reynolds. And then but if I don't go to the gym, I'm not getting stronger. I'm not getting better. I'm not getting like I'm not getting I'm, I'm dad bodding it. You know what I mean? And so that's what we have to do to kids. We have to constantly remind them, constantly inspire them, constantly try to motivate them, get to know them, get to know where that some of that's coming from. Like there's all that work you can do. Um, and I think that like I think the majority of the time when we do that work, we do inspire kids to really believe because I think sometimes we have to believe for kids sometimes before they believe in themselves. But um, if that's not happening, it's not calling quits on someone. It's saying, I see that you're having a hard time with this and that you don't really want to do anything. Let me know when you're ready. Um, and then we'll be game on. Now, look, we can't make up for lost time, right? Like, like 
the past work was the past work and I, um, you're, you're missing those opportunities, right? Um, like we can't go back to train stations that we passed, but we can move forward. We can learn from this. We can grow from this. So sometimes it's doing all that you can and then letting someone know when you're ready, right? It's this, the story of the prodigal son. It is when you're ready, like I'm here for you and I will love you and I will help you as best as I can. Um, and it's, you know, it's reminding yourself too that like life is long. Um, it feels short, but life is long. And, and we, there are, there are times that like, like, look, if you're just, if this isn't your season, if you're not going to grow from this, then we can grow. Like we'll, we'll learn in this season. We'll learn, we'll look back and learn from this and then move forward. All right. Our next question is coming from Katie uh, asking what interview questions have you found helpful in determining whether a school is the kind of place that you want to work? Like it's not toxic or it's supportive. Um, gosh, is it just your sixth sense? I think a lot of it is that sixth sense. How do you get that? Just it is like, how do you get the sixth sense? But how do you, are you walking around a school? Is it something that someone just says? It's your intuition after you leave the interview and all is said and done. Sometimes, you know, when we had a new CEO come in this year, one of the things was asking them like, how do you, how do you see what 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 do you, what is your role in supporting teachers? Um, so like, what are you doing to support teachers? Wait, That's let me one. Ask you this. This is a fun one to ask a lot. Uh, did you you ask that see that guy that principal or CEO? Or I did. You were talking about, and were you satisfied with that answer at no, the time when they gave it? No, it was garbage. Okay, so you should have had some inkling of going in. Should have. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it was a learn but in hindsight kind of moment. Oh, so you're getting Reynolds wisdom from learning from his experience yeah, yeah, right yeah. now. <laughs> um, both candidates, this candidate was more focused on students and student success, which I loved. Um, but I think leadership needs to realize that without teachers, um, we if we don't support teachers equally or more than students, it's kind of like us, right? Like we v- value our relationship more than our relationship with our children, mm-hmm. right? We have to be number one. Um, well, number three, actually, but that's another thing, right? But it is like, if you and I aren't getting, if we're not, if this, if we don't have things ironed out and we're rocking and rolling together, our kids don't, don't get the same kind of love, right? Um, so the kids are benefiting off the, that overflow and kids come and go. Teachers are there for years. You need to be mindful of that, right? It's a high school. Kids are there for four years, optimally, sometimes five, every once in a while, six, um, but if we are not as the strongest we can be as a faculty, we fail kids every time. Um, it can't just be like, oh, we get along with kids the best, but we all hate one another. Like that doesn't work. The other thing was how do you get teachers to want to come back? Like, what are we doing to create a space and place where teachers want to be here? And that answer from my current administration was asked also. So, um, you know, and I, I now I learned that like you have to have strong leadership. So I think that that's part of it. But it's really, you know, it's it is the sixth sense. It's the getting to know the kids. It's getting to know some of the teachers. It's looking around to people look happy. Does this look like a place like like what I did when I started at Boys Latin was I remember sitting there and trying to envision myself in the hallways, talking to kids, handling problems, teaching in that classroom. Can I see myself here? And for me, it's it's so much intuition is such yeah. a huge part of my life. But well, I think also knowing what a good leader is, what a good support is, what what a good school leader is, and then when you ask poignant questions, if you get answers back that are a little sus or not quite clear. I think that's a good indicator yeah. that your leadership. I want to know about developed. support. I want to know about. So I want to know about you know. how are we supporting teachers? How are we helping teachers to grow? How are we training teachers? How are we? What does autonomy look like in the mm-hmm. classroom? What does autonomy look like on the grade level? What are like? Are am I like? Do I have my own room? And I love that question of do I have my own room because it is like can I dig deep and I'm staying here and I'm doing this all the time or am I traveling? Um, am I beholden to stay in my room? How do you y- y'all f- feel about like, th- for me, it would be like speakers, class trips, opportunities, ex- learning experiences for young people. Like 
what is all that you look would be like? Asking them all these yep. Questions. How do you feel about like independent reading and like how often do kids get the opportunity to do that? And what role does that play in your curriculum? Um, it is like how much time, like how many other obligations are teachers required to have outside of just teaching? Right. Do I have to coach something, lead something? Am I doing something after school? Am I doing stuff on weekends and Saturdays? Like what what is what do you all think about that sort of thing, too? It's like flipping the interview for them. Yeah. You should be interviewing your school as much as the school is interviewing you. Yeah. All right. Um, we're going to go because you started late and I got it. giving a full hour. Um, OK. Our next question comes it, from T. Uh, I have been working with a student all year long. <laughs> All year long. <laughs> His behavior is difficult. He has a bad temper. He picks on other kids. But I have avoided writing him up all this time. Um, I don't know if there's a follow-up. I feel like there's a follow-up to that. See if you can find it. I can speak to that. Oh, yeah. Here it is. Continue. He pushed uh, too far and refused to serve his lunch attention by publicly blowing me off in the lunchroom. At that point, I wrote him up and sent him to the principal. But how do I let this go? Whew, all right. Love this, love this, love this question. I think first T, one of the things that you want to do is always document what kids are going through, right? Doesn't mean that they need to get in trouble, but it needs to be documented somewhere. Um, and look, if a kid ends up getting attention or whatever, whatever, dude. Like I, I, I used to, here's what happens. Because otherwise you let things go and then all of a sudden it's February and things didn't change. Someone does something egregious and now they're like, well, where's your documentation from the whole year, right? Like, um, I would, if that is the case, document now and put all the backstory in there. I, <clears throat> and even why you didn't do it before I, you know, I thought we could work this out without me having to document all this stuff. I learned that that is not the case just, you know, for the sake of knowing this is all the stuff that happened in the past. Um, you know, kids, the, that is a type of student that I'd have a real conversation with. Like not a teachery conversation. That's a you're gonna sit down and we're gonna we're about to get into it. You might even want to have another adult there <clears throat> that's gonna support someone that makes that kid feel comfortable and shows that this is a team activity. I used to do it with my friend Cho all the time where we would sit sometimes Cho didn't even have to say something. It was just about having like, yo, look, we're all here because we you matter. Sometimes with certain kids, it was having a bunch of their teachers together. Like we're all here that like, this is like an intervention because we need you to know right now that you're taking our kindness for weakness. We want to hold a mirror up real quick. This isn't a blame. It's a holding a mirror up to your behavior and the way that you've acted so far this year. Then we want to hold a mirror up to how we have dealt with this, how we think we've dealt with this. So you might have a different vision. We're going to let you speak to that in a moment. But here's what you do on a given day, week, quarterly basis. Here's how we've chose to dealt with it. Get extra time, having grace, letting you do this, 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 and this. And then what we're seeing, what I'm seeing right now is that even though given all of that kindness, you are looking at it like it's weakness and you're exploiting it because then I'm seeing these behaviors as a result. When I thought what we were doing was helping you was actually coddling you. So I need you to know right now that that is done, right? Still love you. I love you as much as I did in the beginning of the school year or I care for you or however, whatever language you want to use. I know people are weird about using the word love, um, but it is. You need to know that going forward, this will not be tolerated. You need to know that going forward, I, we think that, and not because you're being punished, because we realize that this wasn't bringing you success. We miscalculated. We looked at this wrong. So we need to do some tweaks. So from now on, you're no longer allowed to be late to class. If you're late to class, you need to have a pass. If you don't have a pass or if you have a pass from someone that is that I don't trust, because I tell kids this all the time, there are a handful of people in my school that if you bring me a pass from them, not taking it, now these repercussions will be like done every week. We're going to do a call with, with your folks, or we're going to write an email home and let them know how things went. Um, these are the things that are happening. And if you don't comply, this is going to be the, the back end of that. But it is coming at that, not as a punishment, not as a, just you're like, I'm not interested in kids having detention and sitting in a room and being quiet. It's so stupid and useless. No one learns. It's like, it's just about the same like mentality of like, oh, we're just going to put people in jail and make them sit there for 20 years. They'll learn their lesson. No, they're not. They didn't become a better person in that time, right? Like we didn't rehabilitate anyone. We just made them sit in a room still for 20 years. Now they're even more pissed off. So it is 
do it is these are the ramifications of the actions that you're having but we're doing this with a goal to help you learn to grow to hold a mirror up to what you're doing to learn from your mistakes to learning that sometimes doing stuff that is dumb or that's getting you in trouble or is bothersome to other people is it like the cause has an effect right so let's learn from that so we're going to learn through this with you um and then it's also just remembering that look sometimes young people just do dumb stuff right like and sometimes like the fact that the kid publicly blowing off uh in the lunchroom i'm wondering and look i wasn't there i don't know what was going on sometimes it's like it just makes me wonder how did that kid feel that something was happening publicly did they feel like a boss because they did it in front of everyone maybe it shouldn't have been addressed in front of everyone anyway let's take the audience away which is why i'm always saying take a kid in the hallway if you have to have a conversation with them real quick um you're not in trouble but i need you to step in the hallway for a second because now i just took your whole audience away now we can have this real and quick conversation and um and we're going to get after it but like i i think that you know this would be one of those really great conversations to have like in person i'd love to know about it and be able to speak directly and ask questions but um I don't have that ability right now. So that that's the best advice that I can kind of give in, in the moment. We good? I mean, there's always tons more. Cool. Um, someone is asking, said, I'll just shoot this one out real fast. It's lighthearted, so we'll, we'll, we'll do it. Uh, my husband is currently getting his teaching degree in history. What is the best gift you got or wish you got when you first started out? I think a copy of this book right here, Teach Your Class <laughs> Off. Uh, <laughs> best gift I wish I got? I mean, technically, wrote that like you wish something like that existed for that's you. why i bought that's, right. or, that's, that's why, why i bought it. it that's why i wrote it i wrote it yeah. because i wish this is stuff that oh, i my Isha just said that thank oh, you thank you um gosh i don't know you got a briefcase which is really funny because you're so not a briefcase person no. but it was sweet and you used it forever i think it was from your sister i did i used that thing forever <laughs> because i felt obligated um <laughs> i mean you, you now i don't even take a bag to school anymore no. i literally carry yogurt in my hand and granola in my pocket i'm a healthy eater (laughs) i am i'm a healthy eater so look before we get out of here i do want to to just remind people like look if you need anything else you can go really to realwrapwithreynolds.com and all the things are there you can get the book there um resources are forthcoming you can sign up for mentoring there so if this is not enough and you feel like you need a one-on-one thing and we really try to price it reasonably so that it's not something that's going to like crush people but it's also something that's going to make you show up and it pays me for my time um because it's time away from from my kids uh if your school is looking for speakers this summer you can sign up there and get um you know get information and have me come out and run a professional development do a keynote at your school um you know consult with your school and stuff like that too also just get the book and then you could you do you're willing to do a free zoom with oh yeah yeah so like if your school does a book summer study in the game. summer and they read teach your class off i will do a free zoom uh with your school after they're done and do a book study with y'all and like answer questions and go through things and all that stuff too so that's a really like i think fun aspect yeah yeah so that's it gang i hope that all you mothers um and anyone that's doing any level of mothering out there in the world has a really wonderful mother's day we're gonna go do nothing i think right now right is that what we're doing yeah because i don't Let's go chill. I do stuff every day, all day. You do. You're a stuff doer. All right. That's it, gang. See you next week. Peace.